welcome to the Everyday Ayurvedan Yoga Podcast. My name is Kristen and I am a content creator at the Halepule team. And today we have episode two of season 10. This episode, we're joined by Myra G and Claudia, and they're talking about the highly relevant yet age old question of practice and worldly life. And for all of us here on an Ayurveda and yoga journey, this is something we ask ourselves frequently. How can I practice and be in the world at the same time? And do I really need to separate the two at all? There's some golden nuggets of wisdom in this episode that I myself found really helpful and no doubt you will too. Enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone. Hi Myra, it's a pleasure to be here with you. In our program, Agni Therapy, the four-week digestive reset and guide for integrating yoga and Ayurveda into modern life, one of the common concerns people have is how to find the time for these new practices when life is already feeling full. When we learn anything new, it, it takes a bit longer. Cooking a new recipe, moving our body in a different way than we're used to can be a bit <laughs> clunky at first. I see it as a learning curve, so soon enough it actually doesn't have to be time-consuming at all to practice Ayurveda in your daily life. It's simply a way of living and doing things a little differently you are already doing. If you are already cooking dinner, you're just cooking a little differently. If you are already taking time to exercise, uh, if you're already breathing, all of these things, it's just another way to do them. Myra, you've guided so many women who are working full time or as well mothers juggling household responsibilities while caring for their children. And in the beginning, they're a little bit intimidated about, yeah, finding the time and integrating Ayurveda and yoga. And you've guided them to make these shifts successfully. So today we have some of the common questions that have come up from women in our Agni therapy program because you've guided them to make these shifts so smoothly. So yeah, without further ado, I'll ask some of these questions and you can share with our audience. I think it will be really helpful. Okay. Do you think people separate yoga and their worldly life? I do. I think that most people, when they first come to it, especially, they think of yoga as this Thing that they might do one or two or three days a week and then maybe you start doing it a little bit more but for most people in the beginning it's an adjunct most people these days come to yoga to about their body but yoga we as we go further with it we learn that it's actually about the mind and it's helpful for the body so when we look at yoga and ayurveda then we can start to see how they bring us back to ourselves and how they can be a tremendous stable foundation for our worldly life but in the beginning you know and most people don't and then i think it's an important point to start to recognize and in many people's minds then they think they have to do everything at once well no it's more of an attitude and how we're looking at life and ourselves in life Yoga then and Ayurveda are there to uh, to have it make sense. 
with yoga, we start to understand uh, the, the greater aspects of who we are, right? Because when a lot of us start walking through worldly life, especially when we're in that pitta time of life, when we're, which is from about 20 uh, to about 50 years of age or so, 50 to 60. So in those years, you know, we're doing all the things that we do to we build careers, we, we build businesses, buy homes, we have children, we, you know, there's all kinds of things. And those things, we can get distracted so that all of our life is on the outside. What yoga in particular does is it helps us recognize that how we create all of that is based on what's inside. And so then the, the practices of yoga help us be able to walk through life in the way that we actually want to, uh, rather than sort of bouncing around based on what we think other people think or uh, what we think society is telling us to do. But in fact, it's just us following. And when we have a greater sense of ourselves from the yoga practices, then we start to be able to follow our own path. Do you have any tips on how people can make time for a consistent practice while they are still in this season of life and fulfilling all the duties that they have as a householder? One of the things that's, that's good to do is to take an inventory of your day. <laughs> in other words, to actually write it down of all the things that you've done in the day and then see Am I spending my time actually where I want to? And sometimes because we take on way too much, sometimes very unrealistically, you know, we'll take on things that we can't do. There's not enough time in the day. And so some of it is learning how to be honest with yourself. One of the practices of yoga. And so, but with that inventory, then we can start to see, oh, you know, maybe I don't really need to do that. Uh, or maybe I could ask some, for some help with those things. So to make a very small amount of time. And I'd suggest that starting with five minutes is enough. It's enough. I've, I had a, a client and she uh, felt the way I was just speaking, meaning she felt she had kids and there's too much going on and, and that and feeling stressed out about all of it and realizing that she wants to enjoy it. And so we started with, conscious breathing and five minutes of sitting quietly with eyes closed. And she could carve that out. And most people can carve that out and started with that. And she actually did that for over two years and then came back and said, okay, I'm ready to do a little more, right? The kids have gotten a little older. They're taking more responsibility for themselves. And she had a little more space, but that consistency is what will make the difference. Uh, because we've made the space and then if we stay with it then it grows it will grow and our spirit our you know our the truth of who we are will ask for it when we do that though that feeds the rest of our day it feeds how we behave toward our family and toward our co-workers and so forth so that's one approach that i would take and and then i'd also Notice, you know, is there something that you do that you say, oh, I, I just do this to relax. I'm referring to one of the things people do frequently 
with that statement is to watch television. And watching television is not relaxing for your mind or body. It's numbing. <laughs> and that's what it will do to you. So I would suggest, for example, giving up something like that and let's replace it with something else. Maybe it would just be conscious breathing and listening to some very sweet music, something that's soothing for your mind and body. Yeah. That story you shared about your client resonated with me when you said she wanted to enjoy it. So I think that often when people come to it in the beginning, they're putting yoga and Ayurveda on their list, another thing on their to-do list that they have to get done and they have this you know, approach to it that it's a task and something they need to complete rather than perhaps letting it be part of the, the relaxation of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's a really nice swap that you suggested before that, you know, maybe if they just have time in the evening, instead of watching television, they could have a more passive or gentle practice at the time where it suits their schedule in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. For example, we have some exercises for connecting the energy of the upper and lower body. And they're best done at the time of day you just described. It's the evening. It's a time where you could just be on the floor and this tiny movement that takes you inside and focuses your energy inside with your breath. That's the kind of thing that brings us into our life, actually. Do you think some people are afraid of change or transformation even though they may have made the move the you know they've taken interest and they might have joined agni therapy but there's an maybe there's an unconscious block there could be some fear there do you do you see that oh yes <laughs> and of course being over here it's easy to see that in other people it's a little harder to see it in ourselves you know it's one thing we say oh i'm afraid of change Okay, well, we can start to deal with those various fears. I'm afraid of this changing or that changing. But then when we talk about transformation, you know, we're talking about a change in who we think we are. And this bumps up, this bumps up against our ego. Yeah? And whatever image of ourselves that we've started to solidify as we've become an adult, particularly. Uh, so it, it starts as kids, but if we keep going with that and don't have a sense of what's going on inside, then transformation looks really scary. You can say to someone, those things can really change. You can do the things that you actually want to do. And many times you'll see people, they'll cower from that. They'll, they'll move back from it. Yeah, and it's because of all the beliefs that we carry about ourselves. If I have to give up those beliefs, I won't know who I am. But of course, in yoga, we recognize that if you come to that place of I have no idea who I am, this is a great place to be. <laughs> because transformation is right there for you. Not knowing gives us the opportunity to discover, to explore, to find out what's possible. 
I grew up with the idea that personality was fixed. I'm not sure, I'm not sure why or how, but that, that was my idea. And then I remember I had a boyfriend and he, he I, I can't remember, but I was saying, I was complaining about something that he was doing. And he said, he said, no, this is who I am. This is just how I am. And I remember thinking, I can still remember it because I remember thinking, oh, wait, all of us are changing. And I was probably 22 years old and didn't realize that. So I think it's an important thing for us to just take a look at for ourselves. Do I regard my personality as fixed? Because the personality is something that transforms. And if you think about how you were 10 or 15 years ago, it's probably a little bit different. Some of us would be a whole lot different. And so becoming comfortable with that notion is one of the things that can actually bring us a great deal of peace. Now, if you're a person who spends most of your time in the future or in the past, it's going to look really scary. Yeah. This is where our faith comes in. This is where the practices of Ayurveda and yoga support us to be able to find that place of knowing inside that all is really well. Yeah. <laughs> if I have my mind get out of the way, the things that I would like to have in life or the things that I'd like to do in life, there's an open pathway. I just have to take it. And when we take it, even if it's just a baby step at a time, things transform and life gets great. And we get up every morning and we're enthusiastic about what's to come, even when we don't know what it is. How can we stay with the practices of Ayurveda and yoga in a world that's at such a different vibration? <laughs> well, these days, all of us will take a look at some kind of, uh, I'll say, newsfeed or some kind of input. Things are going on in community, in your, in your country, around the world, and that. And there's going to be some of that influence. I'd suggest not to focus too much on it, but to, to recognize that all of that is a particular vibration. And there are multiple vibrations within it, right? We might think of it as there's the people I agree with and the people I don't agree with. Those are going to be different vibrations usually. So given that, our job is still to just come back to ourselves. What vibration do I want to live at? Or how do I want to be in life? Right? People say, I want to be happy. Okay, well, then that's our job, each of us, right? Because that's an inside thing. And so learning how to be the way we want to be, whatever that might be, <laughs> there's nothing better than the practices of yoga and Ayurveda to do that for us. Because mm, when I speak of yoga, again, I'm speaking of all of the practices in general that lead us toward the stillness within, you know, to lead us toward that state of union. And the two things together make this journey enjoyable 
Yeah, because Ayurveda then shows us how we can feel good, to be able to feel good enough to do the yoga practices and to not have the accumulation of poor living. If you're ignoring and, and accumulating poor living over time, the consequences then make that vata time of life from your 50s or so and later on kind of miserable. And we see a lot of that today. And it just doesn't have to be that way. So recognizing that my vibration is what makes a difference for me and it makes a difference in the world. It makes a difference for the people right around you. Um, many people we, um, that we work with who, for example, come into our Agni therapy program, uh, they've never cooked or they hardly ever cooked and they only cook things out of a can and that. And they just start making simple changes to cook some fresh food. Uh, even if you start with once a day, yeah? And it doesn't have to be this big production. It can be very, fairly quick and simple. But that, that time spent that brings out something different in us. It brings out creativity in people who never thought of themselves that way. I was one of those. <laughs> I never thought of myself as creative. And yet, when it came to preparing meals, it started to get kind of interesting for me. And I discovered another part of myself. But to be able to feel better as a result of taking those steps, then that makes everything else in life much better. And this raises our vibration. And when I offer that food to other people that I've prepared with love, and it raises their vibration, and this is how we make a difference. When people are doing other things, well, one of the things that happens with the practices of yoga and Ayurveda is that we learn how to be more accepting and more loving. Yeah, and acceptance is a very important part of life because we are all gonna have differences in that, but when we can accept and we can sort through how we want to be in life, and acceptance is something that brings peace within us and it brings peace in our surroundings. Thank you, Myra. Last night, I miscalculated how much dal I was making and there was a whole extra serve and a bit of rice and vegetables. And I, I just quickly messaged my neighbor who's got two little kids. And I said, oh, I've got an extra meal here. Are you, have you cooked yet? Because she normally makes different food for herself and her, for her, her kids. She said no. So I just popped it over and she probably wouldn't normally eat that. But there's always that idea of, oh, it would be so nice if we're all in a community in the village. And maybe the vibration of, of our reality isn't there, but we can still hold that vibration from time to time and share it with others. Mm -hmm. And other people don't need to be doing what we're doing. It's okay for them to be on their path and for us to be on our path. And sometimes there might be opportunity to share, but if not, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it makes a big difference. Just to recognize too that mm, one little gesture and one little statement can make a difference in somebody's life, right? So that's great that you did that. Nice. 
Yeah, thank you very much, Myra. A lot to digest there. And yeah, I look forward to listening back again. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with yeah. us. Thanks. Namaste. Wow, what an illuminating conversation. Thank you to Myra G and Claudia for sharing their wisdom with all of us. What a blessing. And if you haven't already, join our Global Sangha online. It's a vibrant and engaging community of people just like you from all over the world, living Ayurveda and yoga every day and sharing their experience. The link for that will be in the show notes. Thank you all for joining us here at Halipule. Let's chant Om to close our time together. Om is the vibration of the source of the universe. See you next time. Namaste. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halipule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.